1: Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
2: An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.
0: Everything you love about Mercedes, the style, the comfort, the technology, the choice, is now available in electric. The vehicles, all electric. The feeling, all Mercedes. The choice, all yours. Learn more. MBUSA.com slash EQ. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at youtube.com slash the Dan Patrick Show. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
3: Good morning to you. Welcome in. This is the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Hope you're having a great, great day. Ryan Hollins, alongside. Uh, uh, this is uh, we're, we're coming off of some awesome NBA games, an incredible performance in Major League Baseball, right? Um, and we have football stories abound. But, but last night, something surprising happened. Jay Wright, who, did you know he's 60 years old? Like, I don't Jared know, like sometimes 60? he, I could huh? ass- yeah, I mean, he's 60.
4: I could assume it. I'm 37 now, Doug, but I could, I, yeah, I guess he's 60. I wouldn't, he don't look 60 or maybe, Jay. you know, you got, you got timeless faces. Jay's got yeah. a timeless face. Well, I did, I, I'll, I'll get
3: into it, but I did, I, I, I had, I watched them practice at UCLA earlier this year before they played like early in the season. And I did for the first time, I was like, well, Jay's a little older than I thought he was, you know, like I'm not, he doesn't look 60. But I just, you know, it's, you start to do the calculation in your head like, damn, he's been there a long time, been there 21 years. He won two national championships in 16 and 18, two, uh, four Final Four appearances, Naismith coach of the year twice, in the Basketball Hall of Fame going back to last year. He called it quits. He walk, walked walked away. What first thing you thought when you when you saw the news?
4: It surprised me. You, you knew Coach K was leaving. This was the last dance for him and— I just think the fashion in which it happened surprised me. And maybe it was just like, hey, you know, he has a love for Gillespie and he didn't want to kind of come back and do it again. It caught me off guard. And 60 is still very young for for a coach (laughs) and a coach of his stature. So I don't get the feeling that basketball is out of Jay Wright's future. Maybe he's going to just try to do some consulting, kind of float around, and maybe he'll come back to the game. But Honestly, I was very, very shocked, Doug. Um, I
3: think I was too. I'm like, I'm surprised, but now that I stop and take a breath, I'm like, good for him. You know, there's there's a bunch of layers to it. Okay, the first the first thing is we are we do operate in this world where, especially college basketball coaches and college football coaches, like those guys are just lifers. Like that's what they do. Peel me up off the sideline, like people. (laughs) You have people who don't believe Mike Shashevsky will be retired. Like he's seventy-five years old. He's got a gaggle grandkids. He's got you know rings and final fours and money and fame. And he coached Team USA and he won gold medals. And you'll still get people like, no, he's he he he's mad because they lost to Carolina twice. I'm sure (laughs) he's mad, but like he's seventy-five. Like he's good. Just because we, you know, I mean, I was watching the Joe Paterno story. That 30 for 30 last night and what happened to Joe Paterno obviously I don't want to get into the Penn State and and, and that you know that, that tragedy okay but Joe Paterno like what we remember if you covered it was he retired and then he died shortly thereafter like this so many of those guys this is their life yeah and I and I I congratulate like if if Jay Wrights like yeah I'm good you know I got a ton of money I got a house on the beach, you know, on the Jersey Shore. I'm sure he's got a house somewhere else. I can always come back, like. And if he misses basketball, I'm sure he could do. He could do do television, but you don't have to. It's not like he has to do a move to television. Like, uh, what if I'm just good? What if 60 years old is enough? And then, but then there's the other aspect to it is, and I think this would be glaring is, um, is college basketball and, it's not the product as much as the process. Is really hard, and it's really hard to do it the way that Jay has done it, which is if you've ever been around them, they're almost like there's a, almost a little bit of of um it. it it's almost cult-like, right? In the repeating yes. of yes, like they go up to each other, and they're like attitude, attitude, attitude. Like that's what players will tell each other. They have these little sayings and ways in which they do things. And they are completely bought into the process of how they want to play. And look at look at Mikhail Bridges and uh, what is it? There's only two guys in the NBA that started every game this year. They're both Nova guys, right? And then you have you – know, look what Jalen Brunson is doing in the NBA yep. at 41 the other night. So what he does and how he does it works in wins and losses and works for the players. But the question is, like, is the, – are, are the way – the way in which the sport is going – would he be able to still do it? And even if he's able to still do it and be successful, would it not be as much fun? And you're just like, I guess that we don't know. We're just speculating. But how much do you think a guy walking away at 60 has to do with how his,
4: how his job is changing? Well, here's the deal, Doug. I covered college basketball a year prior and those pretty much, I'd say are gonna be two years of COVID one year where the championship was canceled. It, it took a lot of the lifers out of the game. There's a, and, and, I mean, this was just universal beyond sports. A lot of, you know, tenured positions that were just – guys were just going to just live out the rest of their lives. COVID gave people a different perspective on life to where they're like, do I really want to keep doing – like, there's a lot of people who did their nine-to-fives, then they drove into the office, and still to this day, they're like – I'm going to work from home. (laughs) I'm going to find ways to work from – I'm not going into the office anymore if needed. COVID changed a lot, and I think that's a big reason why Coach K was able to step down and Jay Wright was able to maybe look up and say, dude, I want to spend more time with my family while they're here. Dude, I want to spend time with grandkids. Like He wants to probably do things, and people got to see perspectives of themselves that they would have never been able to see and that's why I think, like you are saying, like, Jay Wright or, or Coach K, they are willing to step away from from what they once was just a norm, just you're just was B Villanova basketball, and that's it. And, like, the tax that it put on the kids, the tax that it put on the coaches, I, I mean, like, obviously, like, NBA has a lot of money, so they're able to do kind of the bubble. NFL is just kind of like we're going to keep rolling around and just kind of figure it out as we go. But college sports were decimated during COVID, dude.
3: Oh, I agree. I, I agree. And I think there's some of that, right? There's some of you, you, get to, you get a little bit of sip of the good life. But I also think that we'd be, we'd be remiss if we didn't point out that, that, that the way in which, like, coaching's hard, man. Yeah. It just is. Because yeah. <laughs> here's the way it works in college basketball, right? So, you know, you got 13 guys on scholarship. Okay. And generally, there's only a couple guys that are truly, truly happy anyway. But, you know, the young guys, hey, man, you're young, we're going to grow you, you're going to get better, you're going to sit for a couple years, and then you're going to play and it's going to be your team. But now those, the reason that teams don't have good benches is anybody who's sitting there is like, why would I sit here when I can go somewhere else and star and play and maybe get a check as well, right? And then the, the star level players, well, they, they want to go to the NBA, that's always happened and it's it will continue to happen and then the the mid-level starters those guys want to be stars and feel like they can be stars elsewhere now that's Villanova is one of kind of the classic places where guys do continue to assimilate to a ascend to a higher level there's a totem pole and guys work their way up right like Ryan Archidiakono's little brother is there and yeah, you know, eventually he'll be a he'll be a dude. And you see guys that get better in the program, but that becomes increasingly difficult to find kids and families that buy into something which feels foreign to the. I want it mm. now, and if I don't get it here now, I'll go somewhere else and get it there now.
4: Yeah, the, the trans. I think the transfer portal hit another high. <laughs> like there's so many kids in the portal Four- right over now. Over
3: fourteen hundred
4: kids. Yeah, Like yeah, I, I couldn't imagine being a college coach and like you know Doug, you know at the generate like if you transferred, like it was weak. Doug, when we played like if you transferred, you were weak. Like it was like you couldn't make it at where you're supposed to go and now it's like, well, I didn't like my minutes. Like kids transfer now for any reason under the sun. The star player, oh, I wanna play a better players. You know, the, the lower guy, I'm not getting up a- everybody is transferring and you're in this spot where it's tough because hey they're getting paid from NIL, but at the, at the same time, like it's not like these guys are under contract. But as far as getting up and going, it just happens, and the grass seems to always be greener on the other side. So as a coach, you don't have that power. And then you fall into a situation, Doug, you know it. Do I sacrifice my culture for a kid, for sure. one player? Sure. and to and, keep them along right yeah
3: no that, that that's 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 a brilliant statement and like look people forget you go back i think it was 2013 right that was they were coming off of the 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 Kyle Lowry final 4 and they had the best recruiting class ever and he felt like they sacrificed their culture they had number one recruiting class and those guys they couldn't win with those guys and he got back to what he calls what they call OKGs our kind of guys right mm, yeah and and get the kind of guys that they want to do it the way we want to do it and and what they what they turned around the program, they've dominated the new big east, and they've been to multi- you know they been to three more final fours and won two national championships and they they've changed it but that that you know finding guys that want to do it that way becomes increasingly difficult and and then I think i so I don't think there's any one reason i mean I would guess though that the main reason is just like you're like i'm i'm good i'm i'm good i'm I'm done and and you know you'll get people who say, "Well, then he coached the Lakers and he i just I don't see it i don't it just mm. again that that would be sacrificing everything that he had done and built and how he had done and built it to take a shot at something like the Lakers. I think when Ooh. you walk away and you say, I need some space and time, you just need space and time
4: now now, Doug, what if I'm not saying that nothing's impossible if he what if LeBron reached out?" And just like, hey, like, I'm on board. Like, let's do this. Like, that's a – like, you got – NBA, you got to be on par with with players. And I, and I think it's far-fetched. But, I mean, that could be a, a different element where a, a big game guy, and I'm sure LeBron is going to be along this – hopefully inc- included in this coaching process for the Lakers and say, hey, like, let's get on the same page. Let's let's work things out. And I'll I tell you one thing from – Playing in the NBA, from playing college basketball, and Jay Wright was there. We never got a chance to compete against Nova, but you always know, and you alluded to this, Doug, earlier, like you always know that Nova guys in the league, like Jay Wright creates pros. His concepts, hey, get in the lane, be a basketball player, be tough, one through five, interchangeable, knocking down a three, putting the ball on the deck, defending, pressuring the basketball recovering not needing help you know just there's a lot of elements of what jay wright teaches that is very transferable you know he creates champions you know he creates bunsen and Laurie, all those guys
3: i i agree in terms of their skill development and really fundamental development yes and i agree in terms of how they play i mean like look if the if we were given the secret sauce he runs like five plays and yeah. basically, <laughs> yeah. no. I mean, like, really, like, yeah. I, I can. I could draw them up. And I could tell you what they were, and you would nod. You go like, oh yep, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, we could do those. <laughs> but, but the the space in the movie, and and so I I do think there's a simplicity in it, and the idea of interchangeable pieces that works. And Jay, though he's incredibly has been incredibly successful, and well regarded and well paid. And obviously everybody talks about how smooth he looks in the the suits. He doesn't walk in carrying the ego that some college coaches mm. do. He, he does not. So that would work. The way in which they play defensively would be completely counter to how they play defensively. Most times He they they, they load up and help. Um, and so th- that would have to change. And I, I think it could be changed. But the big thing is like, man what's what allowed Nova to be great was culture, and culture is built over time and with consistency and what's been missing from the Lakers is among other things that you can't have any culture if you're constantly changing pieces every year and I just don't know if you can have culture when you have guys that have been pros for fifteen, twenty years and been successful and have hundreds of millions in the bank like those those guys. I, you know, I I don't know how that I don't I don't think that works, but I do think like if I'm Brian, like that's a call that's a call I make. Hey man, you want to talk about this? And if he says no, he says no. But you gotta can we have a conversation about it? I, I, that would be fascinating. I don't think he does it. I don't think it's a great fit. Right? I think there's there are other fits that are better. I I think you know, finding that last coach for LeBron is going to be a task. Mm. Do you want somebody who is a contemporary in a Juwan Howard? And that would mean Juwan Howard would have to leave behind the chances of coaching both of his, two of his sons. Right. Do you, I mean, I I don't, I don't know where they, I don't know if there's an answer. Like I don't think Doc Rivers, everybody has said Doc Rivers because there's new management right in, in Philadelphia. And maybe if they lose in the next round, everybody gets unhappy. But do we think Doc Rivers definitely would want that? I don't think Nick Nurse would want that. Like, there's not a ton of options that make complete sense.
4: Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not yeah, I, you know, I'm not sure. <laughs> if you retired at sixty,
3: this is the big question. Ryan Hollins, Doug Gottlieb, Dan Pastor show. You retired at sixty. Like you wake up the next day. Like my only thing with retirement is like, well, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna fish and I'm gonna hunt. Like, all right, what do you do the next day? What are you doing the first week you you're off the clock? Like, do you look at your cell phone? Or do you like, I'm retired. I'm not even gonna look at my phone. I'm just gonna go. Like, what, Ryan Hollins? What do you do? If
4: I if I retire, yeah, I'm gonna spend time with my kids. <laughs> all right.
3: 60 years old, I'm just wondering what you, what you do. Like, to, I mean, I guess you just go and play just golf, 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 and you yeah. just go to a beach and, and it would just be weird to not have, when you've always done something, to not do something. We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company, and that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exception, common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match limitations apply. Bubba Wallace returns to the track. Um... And he won his first cup race this past weekend.
5: He's going to join us next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything, for every passenger, feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
1: Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
0: There's nothing like a great night's sleep. Every great day starts the night before. Quality sleep can help boost your reaction time and recovery time and performance. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your one-of-a-kind, ever-evolving sleep needs. So, how do you take it to the next level? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you choose the ideal comfort, the firmness on each side. Two beds in one, that's your sleep number. Mine is 75. The beds automatically respond and adjust your movements, so you stay sleeping comfortably all night long. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep. They provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed, only $1,599. Save $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only to Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
3: Doug Golly, Brian Hollins in for Dan, the Danette's Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio. Um, so last weekend, NASCAR did something pretty cool. Okay, so Bristol Motor Speedway, uh, which has those just those, those high pitched ovals, right? They they raced on dirt. They raced on dirt. And um what uh what you may have missed was uh Tyler Reddick was was he was about to get his first win. He gets gets tangled up, crashes, Kyle Bush comes in and wins the race. And there's this there's this photo that was on social media of Bubba Wallace, and uh, of course Bubba Wallace um, joins us now on the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Bubba consoling Tyler after the race. Bubba, thanks so much for joining us. Hope you're really really well and had a had a great Easter weekend. What'd you say to Tyler after the race?
6: Yeah, good morning. Um, you know, I've I've been uh, Redick and I have had a couple run-ins throughout our career. Um, but we've we were we were somewhat teammates um the last few years and so getting to know Tyler and understand who he is and how he races, uh I've definitely respected his craft and his uh his experience coming up through. And I found out that Tyler and I raced against each other, um, hell when we were kids and I didn't even realize that until I seen a, a results sheet from back in two thousand like four or five. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um but uh, seeing how he's been close, he's been close a lot of times this year and a few times last year um, to getting that first win. I mean, I know how special the first win is and, and, uh, and how long it takes and how hard it is to get. And uh, I was, unfortunately, um, we had motor problems there at the end of the race. So I was a few laps down, and the leaders had just passed me going into three. So i seen it all happening and unfolding, and I was like, oh, no. And uh, I thought he had enough to enough gas to get back going. And, and Kyle Busch just beat him out. And so I can only feel, you know, what he was going through or imagine what he was going through. But well, when I walked up to him, he was, he was okay. You know, and, and I, I heard his comments, um, you know, on the radio, his radio transaction. Um, and he's a lot like me and, and looking at scenarios where, well, why did I put myself in that situation to let that happen and so it's a lot of self-reflect instead of being mad at someone else um it was like well yeah i never should have let him get that opportunity to do that to me and so i i respected him even more after that so wow. i just told him like hey man keep the faith and uh it's gonna happen rather than sooner than later
3: bubba how are you so- Somebody sort of a teammate what is that like I, that how does that work say that again sir. You said we were sort of teammates. The past couple oh, years. Yeah. What does sort of teammates so, mean?
6: So I, I raced for uh, Richard Petty uh, sure. in the 43 for um, since 2018 to 2020. And uh, we had an, uh, an affiliation with uh, Richard Childress Racing, so who Tyler drove for. And so once he got to the cup level, we were in debrief meetings. We were talking about our cars and stuff because we had that that relationship and that affiliation. So they were, they were helping us. Uh, RCR was like the mothership. Kinda of like how we are right now with twenty three eleven and JGR kind of being the mothership.
4: Bubba, first off, Ryan Hollins your Big fan, brother. Big fan. You. Lo- love love your work, man. So you talk Michael Jordan left you a voicemail, man. How, how did you miss MJ's call, dude? And like, are there any more stories? Because your story and celebrity just kinda blew up. I don't want to say overnight. I respect the crap, but you are like the household name of Nascar, like how did that come about, and are there any other cool stories that we don't know about where you're like dude this is this is bigger than me
6: yeah, no, there was um you know a lot of stuff that went on in twenty twenty uh you know at Talladega obviously that got my name out there and and uh which I indirectly you know wanted to be a part of uh just so happened to be at the forefront of all that and um you know that that really you know kind of put a spotlight on who I am and who I am as a driver and as a person. Um, And then, you know, we come back and win at Talladega uh, last year. And that just kind of ramped things up again. And uh, I think I I left my phone in the bus. Um, Usually I take it out to Pitt Road with me, but this was a Monday race. It was a rescheduled race because of the rain. And uh, it was just me and the dog chilling. And so I left my phone in the bus. And uh, after after the race was called, shoot, I didn't get my phone until like two hours after. Uh, I forgot the numbers that I had. I think it was, I don't know, I think it was 400 text messages or uh, <laughs> something around that. And then about 40 missed calls and about 20 voicemails. And one of them was MJ. So I think he called, you know, right right when they called the race. But I didn't have my phone on me. So that's the reason I missed it. But um, But yeah, I think... You know, so with those things happening, and then obviously this Netflix documentary that we dropped uh, in late February of this year um, just continued to, to rise my name. And so it's been cool to see. It's definitely gone through a lot of ups and downs, and, and uh, my, my mentions and comments are, are, are getting less hate, which is good. I think that's more because of the block button that I use all the time. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I think you just you deal with things as they come at you in that moment. And learn from it, and move on. Uh, yeah. So, so
3: you block, you don't mute. Like, what's the decision? Like, do I block? Do I mute? I have friends that say mute. Muting sometimes fun. Blocking sometimes fun. What's the What's the the breakdown of block to mute ratio?
6: No. If I see ignorance, which that's 100 percent of what it is, I just block them. Yeah. So yeah, it's what's, funny. What's it's- what's, the,
3: what's the point? Right.
6: Exactly. People are coming at you with a inanimate an object as their profile picture, so it's like, man, <laughs> these guys. Like, okay. No, the,
3: the best is when you click on their bio and it's like Christian-loving, like, well, excuse yes. me,
6: right? Yes. Like, it's, yeah, it's man, it's just like, what? What are these people like? They have a lot more time, but they obviously don't want to spend it wisely. Um,
3: okay, so so you let you, obviously you can't text and drive, right? That's right. You, so, but but how? I, 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 this is, and this is completely interesting to me. And I don't know if it's interesting to you guys. Like I find that during times in which I can't text, like it's, it's actually like freeing. Like I don't, I want, I, I coach you basketball on the weekends, like an AU program. Like I, yeah. one time I coached like four games. Like, man, why do I feel so good today? I was like, man, I haven't been on my phone all day. But yeah. when you get done with the race, how, how much do you fiend to get, to get on that, on that thing, uh, to communicate with, with the rest of the world?
6: Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty quick for me, but at the same time, it's like, all oh, right, we had a bad race. Let me stay off social media before I see something that pisses me off more or I say something wrong that's going to piss off the team or the sponsors. So sometimes I'll just answer a few text messages. or Hell, the new thing now is playing Wordle. So we're, we're always, Amanda and I, my fiance, we're always at a competitive level of who's going to get Wordle the fastest. And so – um other than that man you know it's just just catching up on i guess uh not really emails because i'm terrible i have uh seven thousand emails that i haven't opened up
3: <laughs> wait 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 so so um have you ever gotten wordle in two words
6: yes i've gotten it uh three or four times
3: wow and now what's your streak have you ever not
6: gotten it uh, i have i have uh, i got a new phone recently Oh, that's the
3: worst! I did it too, and it resets your thing, and you're like, "Wait, I had a str- I was on thirty one in a row. What happened?"
6: Yeah, it, it reset. So right now, I think I am, uh, I think I'm on a pretty good streak. Uh, I am, I'm on thirty one current streak right now. No losses, which is good. My most common is ten, or is, is four. Ten, ten tries on four.
4: All right. Make sure you guys check out the Geico 500 at Talladega Super Speedway this Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Fox. but, but let me ask you something, man. In, in the NBA, you always get a feel like, hey, we, we got a chance to win a championship this year. And Doug knows this. Even beyond this, like, everything has to go right. The culture has to be yeah. good. No nonsense off the floor. The guys need to yeah. vibe. If you have any anything going on, like you, you got to put it aside. Like, how hard is it from your standpoint with your team to go out and win win a race like does everything have to go right like is it a, there's a little bit of fortune i believe sometimes in those championship runs like when you won what does it come down to and how hard is it really
6: it, it's really relatable to uh to to the other other leagues and um you know there's we've had i think nine nine races so far this year uh, out of 36 and and I've made a few mistakes. I crashed our car in California in practice. That put us behind. Um, I, I've had three, you know, three loose wheels um, that, that, that have cost us a lot and just other mistakes that we just haven't, as a team, we haven't been uh, firing on all cylinders. And um, if you didn't know that in, in motor racing, if all cylinders are not firing, then you're usually having a bad day, uh, whether that's uh, metaphorically or actual. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think we we just got to do a lot of cleaning up and 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 looking at how we can be better. and A lot of self reflect That's what Denny's big on is. Is yeah, there's there's mistakes that that happen that are out of your control, but at the same time, you got to self reflect and see how you can be better in those instances as well. So I appreciate that that wisdom from him, and it makes you be better because you know everybody. It's easy for everybody to point the blame at one thing that especially when it's not your fault. But in this world, we are a team, and we all surround each other and try to uplift everybody when they do make that mistake so um so we just have to get everything going i mean it seems like when a race is going really well something happens you know we were running okay at bristol last weekend and uh you know we had our motor overheating problems that put us four or five laps down and so that was that was the end of our day uh, so it's just little things like that. It seems like the the bad luck streak is is following us. So hopefully we can break that this weekend at our, at our best track.
3: You you, you, you won here to track that you, you know, you won with a damaged car last time around. L- last thing I I know you got to go. I was just looking online. There's these new Air Jordan 1 stashes. Have you guys seen these? It's like almost like a fanny pack on the back of Air Jordan 1s where you can like you could put Bub, you could put your cell phone in or or stash like every everyone in sports is now going back to the old school air jordans your go-to your your go-to jordans just tell me what they are
6: uh for me i i'm i'm columbia man i, I represent columbia so uh it, it's a different game everybody thinks you know being on the team with with mj we're, we're the jordan brand but we, we've, we've formed a great relationship with with columbia sportswear and, and i've i've been rocking that so uh, you know, I, I mean, I have a couple pair of J's, but uh, I think the the ones are the easiest to to go about. But it's all about Columbia in this. I household. like the Columbia,
3: like the Columbia gear. Hopefully, we see you in Checkers this weekend on Fox, Bubba. Thanks so much for joining us. Be safe, okay? All right, thanks, guys. I appreciate right. right. But bu- Bubba Wallace joining us. I, I thought that was it was a cool moment last week when 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 a guy crashes and I, he goes up to him. And he, I think he thought he was consoling him. He's like, "Nah, I'm good. I'm 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 good." I'm good. By the way, have you seen these Air Jordan stashes?
4: No, I, no. I I check check my right Twitter. Right. I just,
3: like, I don't, I mean, it feels kind of obvious. They, uh, it feels kind of obvious what, what some dudes will use them for. I guess you can use them for cash. just where you put cash in. That's actually good for, you, for cash for your kid, right? Because they, they take off, and now all you got to do have your cell phone. I
4: don't know if you can fit your cell phone in that thing. Huh. Um, I like them. I, I just I, bought I just bought some ones recently, some Jordan ones. Yeah, which ones? They were they're like a denim in red. There, there's yeah. so many different. I think the ones had to be the most I guess color friendly or different models. But uh, yeah, like a like a denim in red. Was, I hadn't bought some shoes in a long time. I I guess I spoiled myself. But yeah, no, these I, I'd rock <laughs> them.
3: The, it's it's got to be weird. Like for people to understand when you're a hooper and especially at Ryan's level, like. I would guess there was 20 years where you never bought never bought sneakers.
4: Yeah, yeah. No, you know it. You know it. And you don't have to worry about Jordans and stuff like that. No. And it kind of really irritated me to a sense because as a kid, I would spend my last money or money we didn't have to, you know, get that one pair of Jordans. But, yeah, I've got, like, crates and boxes full of Jordans. And, you know, thank God they're timeless, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, like, dude, you I don't even know. Were you even alive when the Air Jordan ones came out? Because – this, I was just this,
4: born. The year I was born, eighty-four. Man,
3: so eighty. I think it was eighty. Must have been eighty-five. Now it was a little bit later. A little bit later on, they were still out. Like in eighty. I think it was like eighty-six or something. And I actually shared a pair. No, it might have been eighty-five. I shared a pair of Jordans with my sister. Oh, my so, gosh. Yeah, she was in ninth grade playing junior high basketball. My dad was like, look, I, we, I can't be buying. You want some game <laughs> shoes? You guys can both buy game <laughs> shoes. We'll, you'll share them. Okay, so we, we wore the same size at the time. She's five years older than me. And we, we shared a pair of Jordans. The only problem was her junior high, ninth grade was junior high school basketball then, and they played outdoors. Oh. And so like she's like, oh, here's – I was like, what are those? You tore up my shoes. Yeah. Uh. Tore up my shoes. <laughs> tore up my Jordans. Um, all right. Uh, I, uh, I, I'm coming up next. I want to get into this uh, with, with you, right? I had uh, Stanley Johnson, who made the Lakers this year, on a po- my podcast, and I had we had Robert Ory on. Jay Stu, was this two days ago, right? It was two days ago on the Dan Patrick Show, okay? And both of them had kind of the same perspective. On Russell Westbrook and the Lakers, and I'm interested in your perspective. Okay, hey, what do you what do you do if you're the Lakers and you have a guy who's a former MVP, three straight years he averaged a triple double, right? We're talking about Jordan. He's a Jordan Brand guy. But what do you what do you do if you're the Lakers and you have that gigantic contract that'll be one year left? Wait to hear what both of them said about Russell Westbrook and what they would do, and then I'll get your reaction. With Ryan Hollins, I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is the Dan Patrick Show.
5: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity Presents...
7: iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
3: Fox Sports, ready right along with uh, Ryan Hollins. I'm Doug Gottlieb. We'll get you back to the top of the hour at the top of the hour as Boston comes back to beat the Nets. Down 17, they come back and beat the Nets, take a commanding two games to none lead. She-ho, Shohei otani has got a brilliant night, and how we balance that off uh, against uh, Clayton Kershaw getting pulled last week with a, uh, with a with a with a perfect game. But I, w- I want to ask you, Ryan, about uh, one of the conundrums in sports in the upcoming offseason, right? It's like, what do you do if you're the Lakers? And what do you do with Russell Westbrook? Robert Horry joined us two days ago. He said this about Westbrook.
6: "Um, It's about getting a chance to go out there and play and do things. If you could, I can't name all the guys, but there's a history of guys that have been playing for other... For us, it's up in age, but there's been a history of guys that have gone to other teams and floors because the system didn't fit them. And I I think with Westbrook, um, he has to be a a person that is in a situation where he can dominate the ball. And I I don't think he and LeBron had enough time on the court together where they can understand who's going to dominate the basketball. And I I think um, LeBron should defer to Westbrook last season a little more. Because LeBron is so dynamic without the ball, he can post up, he can do all these other things. But it was it was hard from day one because you remember they never played together; they only played like twenty games together, meaning the Big Three and AD. So it was a hard situation.
3: Yeah, you heard me reacting in the background. I'm like, more of Russell Westbrook and putting him on the basketball is to, is that is it the system? Is it the time together that'll fix it?
4: Is that what you do? Look, man, there's a lot of factors in this equation. And, you know, I I talked about it earlier, Doug. The middle class was gone. The injuries mounted up. And the thing about me playing, I played against LeBron. I I played against Russ. Russ like my little brother. Both those two have had success, the most success in their careers, when they have defenders around them, when they have a shot blocker, a cleanup guy. Uh, two guys on the wing, three and D guys, two guys committed to defending. Um, When you have the ball in your hands and you're high usage, you can't afford to play the same level of defense that you'd like to. So you need people around you cleaning up your mistakes. Uh, When we played, uh, the Rockets played, and I covered the game um, and called the game, Um, the Lakers this year, you would see a play happen and then you'd kind of see Westbrook and LeBron look at each other and it's like, well, I'm not the hustle guy. I'm not going to dive on the floor. You know, are you, you going to dive on the floor? <laughs> you know, there's there's kind of only one of those guys that you can have on the floor at the same time. And I think what Russ does is going to work for Russ. And he's been in systems, which I agree with Rob said, that have worked for him. But I think the Lakers, if they're going to come together, they're going to have to figure out, hey, th- this is what it is. You're going to have the coaches say, if, if Russ stays, this is how it's going to work. And I think even bigger than that, from a from a human aspect, from a player aspect, uh, Doug, and you know this, if the word is I'm going to be moved and I'm not going to be in the organization or with the team anymore, which is respectable because that happens. It's sports. There's no hard feelings. And I know, Russ, there's no hard feelings with that. And then I'm not moved and you come back to the locker room, it's a very awkward situation. It's very it's very touchy. It's kind of like uh it, it's it, it's the the pink elephant in the room always. And I think that's what you really saw in the second half of the season with the Lakers. So, they're going to have to figure out a decision, and I don't think they're beyond keeping Russ and trying their best to make it work ultimately, but you're going to have to have one of those just keep it real, real moments where everybody sits down Irons out their differences and talks and gets on the same page, and you could tell that mentally and emotionally, that was a team that had been, you know, kind of distant from each other, and it ended up showing on the court.
3: I don't think there's any question; they were not cohesive. You know, you start talking about moving pieces, and guys take it personal, and not every guy is gonna, uh, uh, not, not every guy is gonna handle that well. But even if they do handle it well and work it all out, like his shooting has gotten worse, not better. He he's he's not the defender that his reputation would tell you he is, and why would you play him on the ball when you have LeBron James? Like that doesn't make any sense. And, well, here- and there's just, I mean, he can't shoot, so you're kind of playing four on five. I don't I don't I don't know how you I don't know how you double down on it. I just I just don't like. Yeah,
4: I, yeah. Well, we, here's the here's the give and the take. You brought in Westbrook because you knew what you wanted was, let's say LeBron sits twenty or so games. You wanted a guy who can go and at least, you know, win 75% of those games or, or win the games you're supposed to win with LeBron not in the lineup. And it didn't happen. And you, you, what was LeBron needing? Energy, someone to get up and down, someone to push the ball, get easy baskets. That was kind of the mindset, but not having Anthony Davis, who really would have been Russ's best friend because Russ loves to pass. He loves to set people up. And what Anthony Davis loves – to be set up. Anthony Davis can play a lot of one on one, but Doug, we know this. Anthony Davis is one of the better finishers in the league. He can pop out and shoot the three. He can dive, he can rim roll, he can play off of the basketball. It would have been a good fit. But you just never got to see enough of those guys on the floor. And like I said, I'm going to allude to it again. That middle class being gone, the hustle guy, the three and D guy, the you you know, the the James Joneses, the Mike Millers, the you you know, hey, the Amon Schumperts that LeBron has had or you know hey even I mean, look they had look they had Ryan
3: they had KCP and they had Alex Crusoe. those are two best perimeter defenders yep and they're gone hey, <laughs> and th- those guys are those guys are gone it it changes everything changes everything and replaced with Russell who's not a good defender and and you can and and I you can tell me I'm, I would respect if you told me I'm dead wrong all right I'll respect you you covered every game and you played in the league or whatever but from what I've seen and what I've been told is, it's more—it's a reputation thing. When the reality is, screws up reputation, uh, screws up rotations, dies on screens. You know, plays hard in spurts, but there's a lot of times in which it ain't great. Plus, he's had four knee surgeries. He's in his mid-thirties. He's been a superstar. He hasn't had to do a lot of those little things the other guys have to do. Right? LeBron's not the same defender. Um, it, it, Anthony Davis being hurt absolutely derailed him. But I agree. The idea was, hey, LeBron sits or LeBron's on the bench and they need somebody to carry him. The problem is that Russell Westbrook can't carry anymore. The league, you have to be able to shoot the basketball. He's a, not a good finisher. He's a high turnover guy. And the shooting has gotten worse, not better. Like, I just don't see it.
4: Here's the thing about Russ's defense that I'll clear up. Russ is allowed to gamble. When he's on the floor with four other guys who play solid, or you got a Steven Adams who he's had, or, you know, when he was younger, a guy, Nick Collison on the back line. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, when I played with Tony Allen, I knew I had – Tony's an amazing defender, but I knew I had to sacrifice my gambling instincts or my instincts to kind of get out of position and take a risk because I knew Tony was going to take a risk. I knew that Tony would be guarding a shooter – and at the last moment, he was going to shoot the gap. So I would have to open up so that Tony Allen could shoot a gap. So when you bring that up, transfer it over to Russell Westbrook, Russell Westbrook was a good defender. He could make certain plays, obviously, with, with health. And defense comes with a lot of effort because you had four guys behind him that would cover up those mistakes or be solid. And, you know, i always believed that great passers have great instincts to get steals. So much like LeBron – LeBron can get out in the passing lane and go get a slam dunk. You know, they can make those reads because you know you got four other guys behind you that have to play solid. So in those terms, yes, you will see great defensive plays out of those two because they're they're big, they're strong, they're athletic. And then, yeah, you're afforded to make those gambles that you normally may not be able to make. So when Westbrook now gambles and he's on the floor with LeBron or a unit that's not cohesive, it looks very glaring where before on those other OKC teams, it just looked like, okay, he made, he made a hustle play, they scrambled, and then the team kind of figured it out behind him, if that makes sense.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, that's how the, all those teams are built, you know. When Iverson went to the finals, that team was built where everybody else was great defenders and he could just try and get steals. I yes. Mean, and, and obviously Steph has never been even what Russ was at his peak, but that's really the – it's kind of what Golden State has always been able to do, where he's able to—they don't switch, and he can occasionally float and get a steal. But you hide him a little bit, and then you have four other dudes because he brings so much at the offensive end. I just don't know if what he brings at the offensive end is good enough, and I don't think that they have the other, you know, parts defensively, as you pointed out, to 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 make up for that. It is a if 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 it if your if Rob Palinka calls you and says. Do we move him? Or we keep him. And I know it's not that simple because you got to get something back in return. What would your first reaction be?
4: Best deal. Uh, best deal. If we can move him, we get the right deal. Um, we're going to make that play and we'll take the wiggle room, but you're not going to move him just for anything, you know? And this is what is tough with the Lakers. There is a deal on the table, but the Lakers didn't want to give up a first round pick. So it's like, yeah, we've kind of been strapped for first-round picks, and now do we go deeper into the hole, or do we come back and make this thing work? I I think they may be – I don't want to say – I don't think they have options. I think they may have to make it work, Doug. Like, seriously, it may not be on a table.
3: All right, we'll get to that upcoming um, – coming up next, the Nets blew a 17-point lead to lose Game 2. Can the Nets get it back? Find out next, Dan Patrick Show.
2: 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Terms apply.